Good morning, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture with Maddie. So for this week's shows and movies that I watched, we're going to be covering from last, I guess it was Tuesday, because I did do last week's episode a little bit later, to yesterday. And just so you guys know, a little fun sneak peek if you're listening to the start, I'm going to try my best to go with the audio and edit the audio and give timestamps for you. And let you guys, because I'm going to let you guys know right now, I did see Mean Girls yesterday. And so, the new one, obviously. So, I'm definitely going to talk about that, but I'm going to save it for the end. So, um, seeing that yesterday, that I very much have a lot to say about that. And so, in order to make sure that I talk about everything else, we're going to talk about that last. Sorry about my voice. Hold on a second watching heroes i'm on season three though which is great um i'm only about one episode 10 though so i didn't watch but like i i guess about nine episodes because i think i finished season two or barely finished season two um or finished it not long after last week's episode so let's start with that so at the end of the last season, we got a scene where Nathan Petrelli got shot because he decided to go have a council and tell the world about their powers, that they they have these abilities like the flying and everything, but somebody shoots him. And so we come around full circle and literally immediately find out that the person who shot him is Peter from the future which I think is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Future Peter shows up to shoot his present-day storyline brother. And the reason why he does this, though, is because he thinks this is the thing that started the end of everything for four years in the future of how, um, like, everybody's being chased after all the time. Like, it, it ruins their lives. It's the thing that caused the problems for the people with abilities. So he decides to go stop that from happening. But of course, there's a butterfly effect, which his mother, of course, knows and is trying to point out to him because she can see the future. She's the one that can dream of the future. That's where he got that power from. And so she, of course, knows this and she tries to tell him, but he doesn't listen. And so she keeps trying to tell him, go back to your to your time and leave. Like, let's just, whatever. Where's my son? And so... When he came in, at first, he just came in and shot his brother and left, but then he seemed to stick around, and he took over being young Peter. Like, I guess he can, like, make him look like young Peter or whatever, like the present-day Peter. And he put present-day Peter in the body of a level 5 inmate. And these level 5 inmates are important because they're very crucial to the season. L from the previous season, Kristen Bell's character, who's kind of the villain, let all of them out. And so they're all escaped. And now the people who work for the company, like Noah Bennett, Claire's dad, have to go find these inmates. You guys, this is the craziest story ever. I'm sorry. And so he's on the hunt for these inmates. And so is Claire, because Claire wants to use her powers for good and to fight. And she wants to look for the prisoners. And one of them she even finds out to be actually a pretty decent guy. He just wanted to reunite with his family and she was going to help him. But, of course, it went bad in the end because they didn't show up. Um, Because some of these people may not really be that bad, but they were put in level five for a reason because their powers are very destructive and they could be the people that can destroy the world. Oh, and Sylar is still alive, of course, despite 
of course, season one, but also season two. He's still still alive. He managed to get Maya to New York, of course, as we know from the previous season, to Suresh to help her out. And then he goes on his way and he finds out that he, his biological mother is Andrea Petrelli, a Nathan and Peter's mom. So he's their brother and his name is Gabriel. And she put him away because he his powers were so dangerous that he she didn't want him to hurt anyone especially i guess his own family so that's crazy um maya does get her powers removed i'm going to talk about that in a minute so and trying to get the powers removed for maya maya's with suresh for the a brief beginning and suresh is trying very hard to figure out how to remove her powers and he kind of figures out that it's based off of brain waves and something to do with the brain so he decides to extract some blood, DNA, whatever. Well, eventually he's like on the pier. He's about to get beat up by some guys and he shoots it in his arm because he's made this to be able to give people powers. And so he literally gives himself powers like an idiot. Um, Suresh does not make good decisions. Um, but eventually they end up going to this company, Pinehurst. Um, Pinehurst is able to remove the powers because... Turns out Nathan and Peter's dad has been alive this entire time, even though that he was supposed to be dead. Everybody's aware that he's dead and he can take people's powers away. So he takes Maya's powers away. Um, Suresh is attempting to research a cure for the powers with this company. That's why he's with this company. And so he's trying to basically figure out with the two formulas, how to get them to work. And they've been testing it on subjects and it doesn't work because he needs a catalyst. The catalyst is clear. We find this out pretty much right after that happens, but we kind of already had an idea that she might be the catalyst because when Sylar comes to get her power in the beginning of the show, he normally kills his victims that he takes the power from, but he can't kill Claire and he tells her that. He's like, you're special, you're different from the rest. And that's why she knows that she's the catalyst. So they're trying, they now have to protect her. And because of what happened to her with Sylar, she's no longer able to feel pain. But Peter gets uh, caught into the wind with a company somehow and he his powers get taken away by his dad. And so he ends up kind of on the run because he jump falls out of the building and Claire is showing up right in time because Claire and Elle are going there to this company to uh, help Elle with her powers because her powers are like going crazy on her and she's like unable to control it. And she's got like this shock, like electric kind of power thing so it's a really big deal that she can't control her powers and she wanted to go too to see if anything was wrong with her and then they find out that like he can take away powers and so Elle runs in the building Peter helps Cla um, Claire helps Peter and they get out of there but Peter managed to survive a seven-story fall because Sylar saved him because Sylar at this point knows that he's his brother and Peter knows this as well and they're okay with it and that's a fun duo that I love to explore as well so up to the present day we got Hero Nakamura, who's basically the Japanese teleporter guy, he can control time and space. Um, he is the one, one of the people who had part of this formula that they needed to get to, in order to get a cure, they split the formula into two. And so he had one half, and of course, he doesn't follow his father's directions, and he gets out the formula, and the speedster comes by, speedster chick comes by and steals the formula and gives it to Pinehurst. So that, that starts the end, and, um, it's just a crazy thing. And then the eclipse comes in this last episode that I watched. And 
their powers don't work with the eclipse and the eclipse is where their powers came from in the first place like they didn't discover their powers so after the eclipse so i think that's pretty crazy how the eclipse controls everything and takes into account all the stuff but yeah i feel like i'm definitely missing stuff that is in the show but that's just everything i can remember because yeah i may have only watched like 10 episodes but the amount of stuff that happens is actually insane i'm not always paying attention but i mean that's pretty much most of it um this show is it's crazy i can see why people liked season one the best having now watched more of it but i don't think season three sucks yet i don't know how this is gonna go toward the ending of heroes being a terrible ending i i feel like season three's story is actually pretty strong it's better than season two's um but i don't know it's definitely interesting to see how this eclipse is gonna affect everything because it's it's a two episode thing like there's two parts and i'm only on part one so that's the tea with that the other show I watched is The Simpsons. I only watched a handful of episodes, and just so you guys know, I'm not really going to talk about this too much because I um I only put this on like when I'm cleaning, so I'm not really paying attention. So I don't actually know what happened, but in like two episodes, and it's the first two, and this is season 35. In case you're wondering, so in the first episode, Homer realizes that he's not actually capable of keeping anyone safe at the power plant where he works and so he decides to get a job as the crossing guard and he somehow manages to completely take over the entire budget of the town being a crossing guard by just asking for more budget more budget more budget because he's doing such a good job because after he saves like one kid he's like oh my god i'm a hero i'm the best and he keeps like recruiting more people and he makes it like a crazy monopoly kind of thing so that was a fun episode um in the second episode marge has like these dreams while she's sick i guess and she's like thinking back about the past and she's worried about like how she's gonna have an empty nest so she's thinking to the past about young bart and how and it was such a sweet episode it was so cute and i really loved it um yeah this season's very short i didn't watch very many episodes but there's only 10 and i think i'm on like seven so it's i i'm almost done but yeah, I didn't finish the season because, like I said, I really only watch it when I clean or whatever. Um, or maybe I'm sitting here doing something on my phone. Like, I think one night I did turn on more episodes while I was doing stuff because I do like watching Heroes, but I can't, like, do my, like, little planning and stuff in my bullet journal and stuff while I'm watching it because I'm not able to fully pay attention. And that's why I like doing The Simpsons for that. So I'm at least still getting something, like, watched. Anyway, I did watch a few movies this week besides Mean Girls, so let's get into those. 21 Jump Street. Okay. So, 21 Jump Street I have seen before, but it has been a very significant amount of time since I've seen it before, so there's, of course, a few things I want to talk about for 21 Jump Street. If you haven't seen this movie in a while, you should definitely go check it out, but just to let you guys know, this cast is very stacked. It's not just the two main characters that are great. Like, they have Ice Cube, of course, as the main police chief guy. They have, um, I think most people will know her as, uh, I think it's April on The Office. I'm not really sure, but she's also Kimmy Schmidt, I'm pretty sure. That chick. Um, Nick Miller is the principal of the school. 
I'm pretty sure the coach is also somebody significant, but I can't think of his name. Dave Franco, I think most people might know that he's in this movie. But Brie Larson as well. Captain Marvel herself is in this movie. And I did not know that. I did not realize that she was in this movie. So it's really cool to go back and watch a movie you haven't seen in a long time and see the cast. I did start the second one, 22 Jump Street, and they had Wyatt Russell in that one. And I was like, oh, look, there's Kurt Russell's son, there's Wyatt Russell, John Walker, you know, a, a dude I didn't know before. But I did know because I'd seen this movie when it came out. But yeah, 21 Jump Street is pretty fun. So this one is the one where they go back to high school. Like they're undercover in a high school trying to find the drug dealer. And of course, they end up taking like terrible approaches to everything. And they kind of get attached, specifically Jonah Hill's character. And so he, of course, develops an interest in Brie Larson's character. I can't remember her name. I think it's like Molly. And they're friends with, uh, he's friends with Dave Franco's character, who is dealing out drugs, but he's trying to find, they're trying to find the supplier, not the dealer. They know who the dealer is. The dealer is Dave Franco. They figure that out, like, immediately. Um, they need to find out who the supplier is. And, of course, the supplier ends up being the coach, and that's a funny scene in the movie, is whenever we uh, get to the big end, and the motorcycle guys manage to be all left behind, and they get to a big ending because um Channing Tatum's character they he got the wrong role and he ends up being like in all the chemistry classes and stuff like the really smart classes and so he learns how to make a bomb out of science or whatever chemistry and so he uses that to his advantage and bombs the limo or one of the cars that the guys were in the motorcycle guys and then the, uh he they just crashed the other guys into something and so of course Dave Franco's in the backseat freaking out the coach is like, okay, I'm going to kill the girl because she's here too. And like, she's, you know, alive and well now. She was on drugs when she first showed up. It was funny. Um, and they end up, he, he doesn't fully choke like he normally does. Jonah Hill's character when he goes to shoot him and he ends up shooting him in the penis. <laughs> and that was a really funny moment where he literally, he just literally shot him in his, like he shot his penis off. <laughs> The whole scene's funny. You have to watch it. Oh my god. I don't want to go into too gruesome of detail talking about it because I want to keep this a little G-friendly with the rating of talking. But yeah, this scene's oh, very rated R. Um, another funny scene is the thing of popping. I'm not going to say the whole line. I'm going to include a clip if you on a video version somewhere. But the thing of popping. It was just so funny because the the girl says it like one of the other girls who's doing the um twenty one Jump Street program as well because it's a program um, that they do for cop cops to go undercover. They use the ones who look young enough to go undercover, and she's like, "Well, you two were standing around, thing of popping." And it's funny because Jonah Hill immediately makes fun of her, saying, "Doing the same thing exactly like her," and it's so funny. And I love that she doesn't say anything or get offended that he made fun of her because he did a really good job. <laughs> and it's just really funny it's not like it is I don't think it's like meant to be racist or anything obviously it's not but she was a black girl so I can see how it might be directed toward being racist but yeah it was really funny um and great action scenes in this movie as well obviously so yesterday I did watch another movie because I was on my grandma's house for a while so I watched The Longest Ride because I she couldn't remember if she'd seen it from what I told her was the plot and so I was like well let's watch that she figured out five minutes and she'd seen it before so she didn't really pay attention but you know 
you don't really need to pay attention to Nicholas Sparks movie. You kind of know what's going to happen. But this one is fun. So basically, um, Luke Collins is this guy who does bull riding for a living. And Sophia is just a sorority girl in college who manages to somehow go to one of his bull riding uh, shows. And she gets his hat and they end up meeting in and exchanging phone numbers and whatnot. And so when they're out on a date and they're on their way, he's bringing her back to her sorority um, house, whatever. They see, uh, he sees this car crash. And so he goes to help the guy. He turns out to be an old man and he has this box of stuff. So he tells her to get the box and, you know, Luke helps him out of the car and gets him to the, they get him to the hospital. She decides to stay in the hospital. She reads a letter. Um, and she finds out that these are like love letters to his his wife. And so when she gives him the box, she's like, you know, you told me to get the box. She reminds him of who she is, whatever. She ends up kind of developing this fondness and this relationship with this old man, not in a weird way, just in a nice, like, you know, let's chat about things kind of way. And of course she tells him about Luke and Luke, of course, shows up one day to give him a picture that he had, that he found in his truck that was belonged to the old man, it was him and his wife when they were younger. And so something I love about this movie is it's more about how these two stories intertwine than it is about like just one specific love story, like how Sophia and Luke intertwine with Ira and I forgot her name. Sophia and Luke and L Ruth and Ira. And so it's interesting to find out how these stories intertwine. And then, of course, it gets to a nice big end where he has decided, they've decided to auction off all of the art collection from uh, the old man after he dies. And if you buy this certain painting, you get at the entire art collection. And he ends up, Luke ends up showing up right after he gets, beats eight seconds on the, on the bull that he seriously injured his head from falling off the previous year. He manages to win and he gets his eight seconds and he, he's like, I just wanted her, you the whole time. So he shows up to go get her and he gets the painting and he gets all the paintings. And so they create, make an art gallery and it's a cute, nice little ending and I really liked it. Okay, before I do it, Mean Girls, I watched SNL last night, the new episode with Jacob Elordi and Renee Rapp. So let's talk about that for like a minute. Either the cast of SNL is really short or they purposefully um put him with shorter people and like every like really short people in every scene because he is so tall he's like six five so he is really tall but like the way he towers over everyone is so funny i love the short kings sketch i thought that one was pretty funny because he just shows up and she's like yeah with him um it's really funny because it's supposed to be like a bachelor kind of show like you know like which short king do you want and then they brought him in jacob alordi and it's like oh yeah i want him um, the pretending to make out part, the pretending to make out with Jacob Elordi scene was so funny because, first of all, you could tell that they're not actually kissing. You can tell. But it is absolutely hilarious. And uh, I don't know how to describe it. It was fun to watch. And then the one where Renee Rapp is in it is also really funny. Um, they're like lip readers, like infamous lip readers, but they actually suck at their job. <laughs> and she's their little lesbian intern. And I love the dig because, like, she's just Renee Rapp in this. Like, she's not playing a character like they are. And so I love the little dig of, like, oh, she has to do court-ordered media training because she's been mouthing off in every interview. <laughs> I thought that was funny because that is actually, like, what's been going on. Like, she's not had any media training, but she's – that's funny. Um, 
Rachel McAdams made a cameo uh, to pop up and say, Renee Rapp, ladies and gentlemen, but she also was in one of the last skits, uh, which was pretty fun because she like looks like Rachel McAdams, but she's not Rachel McAdams. She's Natalie Partman. <laughs> it's just, it was great. Um, and then, of course, Renee performs two songs. She performs Snow Angel, which that song is a great song, and Not My Fault, which is her, the end credit song from Mean Girls. And Megan the Stallion showed up to perform with her, and it was an amazing performance. It's all over Twitter. Everybody's talking about it, and it was great. Renee is amazing, as always, as a performer. And also, I do love the fact that she's the little lesbian intern because this is her way of coming out. She's She literally came out on SNL. I think that's amazing for her. And, um, I think that's great. I love that um, she has the ability to do that and that... Years and years and years ago, she said about how she has big dreams and she wants to do something like SNL, and she did it. She got to go on SNL, and I'm so happy for her that she's getting all these wonderful dreams come true, and she did get to meet Rachel, so we now have four out of four members from the New Mean Girls movie meeting their original cast counterparts, so let's keep it going, guys. Let's get more meetings between those casts. I want Chris Brady to meet Jonathan Bennett very much of the Mean Girls. So the most talked about thing about Mean Girls is actually the elf cosmetics. Now, when I watched the movie, it actually took me a while into the movie before I even noticed any elf cosmetics. And it was like the scene where Karen is getting ready for spring fling and she's like doing the contour. And so she's doing the contour with elf. And then the scene where Katie's like very, very much showcasing the fact that she's putting on an elf cosmetics. Uh, lipstick or whatever and she says it out loud like that one very much is product placement but there's also a squiggly scene where regina drops one i don't know though if that happened i did run to the bathroom during the what's wrong with me scene and when i came back the next scenes were going on so maybe i missed it because i like as soon as i heard that it wasn't the song anymore I, like ran in i was like okay i'm missing it i'm missing it i'm missing it so maybe i didn't like catch it but I didn't seem like it didn't seem like this movie had like too much insane endorsement with Elf. Like they were throwing it in our faces all the time, like TikTok made it out to be. Um, I like Googled the Elf stuff in the movie just to find out like some backstory and stuff, or whatever. And the list of like the products that are listed, and half of them are like just seen in Regina's room, like in the background somewhere. And I mean, I get it. Regina George would never use Elf cosmetics, and I agree with you guys, but. Um, obviously this movie they made a partnership with Elf so they could release a collab or release a collection afterwards or whatever I do wish they took a different approach than just having the characters in the movie use it but I mean when you think about it this movie also very much includes social media in the movie and so maybe it was meant to be done in a way of like them being a brand deal or a brand partnership with Elf uh like a big ad like social media does all the time so i don't know but yeah i do agree renee rap would never renee rap <laughs> regina george would never use elf cosmetics um okay another thing that's talked about a lot is katie's singing so apparently like, you know everybody's like katie can't sing da, 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 da. so this is this is in gallery rice's character um and gallery rice is who they talked about who can't sing um i don't think that she can't sing I just think, with, A, when you put her with Renee Rapp and Adelie Cravalho, you're going to be like, okay, well, she 
canceling because you're comparing her to like vocal houses who've done theater like they're diehard theater kids but also they did a different approach to the singing on the soundtrack compared to the Broadway version and so the Broadway fans are the ones that are mainly the ones that are mad about it because you can hear a big difference in the vocals not just because she's singing higher on Broadway the girl who played Katie on Broadway but also just because she's singing with emotion now she's not not singing with emotion in the movie she just doesn't have as much emotion but I feel like there's a little factor that people are forgetting when it comes to this actress is that and Gabby Rice is Australian and she even said in an interview somewhere she was really nervous about doing the October 13 because saying October is actually really hard for her in American accent um and so for her to literally be singing in this movie, she's probably trying to not only hit these notes, but probably try to sound American when she sings. I don't actually know how that works, if you can do that, change your accent when you sing. But yeah, I feel like she's trying to do a lot with her voice in the singing, and so maybe she's not doing it, giving it her all. But yeah, um, for people to be blaming the director kind of does make me mad, because it's not the director's fault because they record the soundtrack for the movie before the movie and typically they either use the soundtrack recording or the actor can sing live. I sincerely doubt and Gowrie Rice decided to sing live on set considering she was very nervous about recording. She most likely just lip synced to her recording. So because this is done in the recording, that's actually on the producer on the recording. That is not on the director. That is very much on the producer and whoever did the musical decisions on the show, um, on the soundtrack for that character to make her not like not work with her and get her to a point where she at least sounds like she has more emotion than she does because she'd be like I'm astounded and I'm flushed I'm filled with calculus like people are like that's how she's like singing and they want her to be like I'm astounded and I'm flushed like more into it and she's just not into it and I get it she's a little bit off and she's not quite on the right key I guess but She's not terrible. She's not the worst singer in the world. Um, I've heard worse singers. I'm a worse singer. <laughs> so sorry. My singing sucks. But yeah, um, that's that. Uh, also, I see people complaining about Chris Barney's character, Aaron Samuels' acting. I thought his acting was great. I am a little mad that apparently we have musical versions. So I'm going to go listen to those versions later on today and do reactions on my TikTok at popculturequeen99 for you guys to comparing to the Broadway version. Like, I'm do listen to the Broadway version of Aaron singing. Um, I'm just going to listen to the soundtrack on Spotify. I'm not going to go crazy because I can screen record the soundtrack and grab it to add it into the background of clips and stuff. But, yeah, I, um, I thought Chris was great. I thought Chris was amazing. I think Chris is a great actor. Um, I don't know why people are like, oh, he sucked, da, 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 da. I thought he was pretty great. I think he did a really great job. Um, there's something that they did in this movie that I liked more to the original movie. You know, it seems like a sudden kind of weird thing that, like, Aaron just decides, like, even though Regina kissed him and he pulls back, he's like, what are you doing? Um, he just is, like, okay with it. He's just like, oh, yeah, I'll go out with you, whatever. And in this movie, it makes it seem more real, like, where we have the whole scene where she sings, someone gets hurt, but also... He talks about before that scene, like the reason why they broke up is because she chose Shane Oman. Like almost like it's almost like he she cheated on him with Shane Oman, and so it really hurt his feelings. And it really broke his heart. And so it's not that Aaron never cared about her. 
And so I think that's a big thing about that song. Him not having his verse might be really crucial to that. I don't know if, what his verse is. Like I said, I'm going to listen to it later. But um, yeah, so him going out with Regina again, he's giving her a second chance. And of course, it breaks his heart again when he finds out that she's cheating on him the entire time with Shane Oman. And um, it adds more to that character and to the layers of that character for him to be the way that he is. Um, and it makes just a little bit more sense because it just seems like the entire movie, like he just likes Katie. He doesn't like Regina and he's just going out with Regina maybe to get to Katie. And I I really feel like this time it actually seems like he kind of cared about Regina, you know, like how upset he looks after he sees them together in the closet, in the janitorial closet, like he's very upset. I think that's very much a real genuine reaction uh, that any any guy would have because guys aren't going to show too much emotion. I think that like, he did a really good job. Finally, we got to talk about Alelia Carvalho is Dan at the end. Um, everybody talks about Renee in this movie, and don't get me wrong, Renee is great in this movie, and I will give her her just desserts. She's amazing. She did this on Broadway, too. She was amazing on Broadway. She's amazing. Um, I've only seen clips, by the way. I haven't seen the whole show. She's amazing in the movie, but I feel like the best character in this movie is actually Janice. Janice really, I just really felt like Janice was the character that you need to root for in this movie like I'm not actually rooting for Katie like she's the main character but I could care less about Katie I cared more about Janice than I cared about anybody else in this movie <laughs> and that pretty much happened as from as soon as she was on screen <laughs> I was very much cared about Janice and so for this movie for us to find out why Janice and Regina fought in eighth grade and had to be calling out and why they're not friends anymore it's so much bigger than in the first movie. The first movie, they make it off as, like, a joke. Like, she misunderstood, which I don't think she did. Like, everybody's like, oh, like, it's a joke. She misunderstood that she's really Lebanese and a lesbian. Like, no, I think she genuinely thought she was a lesbian because she thought that Janice was obsessed with her because she wanted to hang out with her all the time and didn't want Regina to hang out with her boyfriend. She genuinely thought that. Um, whereas in this movie, Janice actually is a lesbian. And so they had to change the story for that. And I like what they did with that story, where it was much more um, symbolic of a real end, where, you know, Janice got her this little teddy bear thing, and it turns out Regina's been making fun of Janice the entire time for being gay. And of course, if Regina, if Regina's a lesbian, then that makes her kind of the bad one because she's not only in the closet and hiding who she really is but she's making fun of her own self which sounds wrong so of course Janice is very upset by this and this is a very big deal um I really love that they told Katie this before they started their revenge party plan thing because it makes it much more impactful for them to get revenge on the Regina and I like that at some point in the movie, somewhere down the line, she's like, okay, we're done. We get, we, we got everything taken care of. And Katie's like, oh, no, I need one more lunch. Katie took it a step further than they wanted to. And because she did that one more lunch, she ended up throwing the party instead of going to, with her mom to Madison. Um, and so that that starts the end for that friendship, almost, for a bit there. And it really kills me because... 
the first movie, the original movie does make it seem like Janice and um, Damien and Katie are more friends, but this movie also doesn't have that much screen time because of a lot of it's taken up with the music. So we don't really get to see a lot of their friendship, but they're very much very good friends, obviously, because she did the art project that included Katie as friends, and she was upset that she didn't show up to the thing when she and she had a party instead. Um, and so I just, I felt like Regine, I felt like Janice was a very good character. That scene where we find out what, what happened with her and Regina actually made me cry. Like, it was really sad. And I loved her song at the end, where she's like, I'd rather be me. She's finally just owning up and being herself and not caring anymore. This, of course, is the scene where Regina gets hit by the bus. So that takes over the impact of the song for probably most people. But for me, it still sits, sits really well. And I think I'd rather be me is a great song. I like the right finger jabs. Those were fun. Um, it's a really, really amazing song. I really loved hearing Allie Cravelia sing it. She's an amazing singer, as we all know, because she's Moana. But that was great. And also the scene where she does come to find Katie having thrown a party and she sings It's Fine, which I think is a whole song there, but she only sings that one little bit. That was amazing. And I know that that was live because there's not a soundtrack version of that anywhere because there can't be because they, they didn't release it. Um, so I do wish that they had the whole song there, because I bet it was really good, but yeah, I really like that Janice finally just owned up and decided to be herself, and we can see that more at Spring Fling, because she brought her girlfriend, and I really love that, and I respect her, and I think she's an amazing character, and her character arc is one of the best character arcs in the movie. Uh, she definitely had a better one than anybody else, because she came to terms with not only who she is, but, you know, People suck, and she she doesn't need to keep pretending to be somebody else just to abide by their vision of her, or whatever they think of her. Like she can be whatever she wants to be. She doesn't need to care what they think anymore, and she can stop caring what people think. And she does. Um, that's really good. And that's that's what you want out of a character. You want a character to have that kind of arc. Um, Katie, I mean, obviously in the end she felt remorse for what she did. But um, she chose to do the revenge party because she wanted Aaron. And then she she got Aaron anyway, of course, for like a minute. And then she didn't. And that's another thing I like about this wedding is that she doesn't really show that she's with Aaron that much. Like, in the end, like, she just gets that scene where she kisses him at the spring fling. And they only included that probably just to be like, oh, happy ending. But, like, I would have preferred an ending where she actually didn't get Aaron. But she did all of this and she still didn't get them anyway that's just me so anyway that's all for today's episode because i could talk forever and ever and ever and ever so let's start the conversation you guys head over to my tiktok my instagram whatever and let me know what you guys think about the movie what do you want to talk about let's talk about it i'll see you guys next week um sorry for doing audio episodes i do like to do the video ones because it's easier to edit for me but my room's a mess right now, and I just, I couldn't, so I'll see you guys next week.